Hello and welcome to another episode of Galatians 2-5 Christian Talk. Living the Christian life isn't always easy and can be confusing. Join me now while we talk about a biblical perspective of Christian life and how to live it out in an ever-changing world. I'm your host Mark Kublank and this is Christian Talk. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Galatians 2.5 Christian Talk. This is your host, Mark Kublank, and I am glad to be back with you again this week for some more study in the Word of God. But before we get started, we're going to start with a word from the Puritans. O God of grace, you have given me a Savior. Produce in me a faith to live by him, to make him all my desire all my hope, all my glory. May I enter him as my refuge, build on him as my foundation, walk in him as my way, follow him as my guide, conform to him as my example, receive his instructions as my prophet, rely on his intercession as my high priest, and obey him as my king. May I never be ashamed of him or his words, but joyfully bear his reproach. Never displease him by unholy or imprudent conduct. Never count it a glory if I take it patiently when buffeted for a fault. Never make the multitude my model. Never delay when your word invites me to advance. May your dear son preserve me from this present evil world, so that its smiles never allure, nor its frowns terrify, nor its vices defile, nor its errors delude me. May I feel that I am a stranger and a pilgrim on earth, declaring plainly that I seek a country, my title to it becoming daily more clear, my meetness for it more perfect, my foretaste of it more abundant, and whatsoever I do, may it be done in the Savior's name. All right, so just so y'all are aware, today may be a little shorter than they have been in the past, because last week we looked at two verses, and this week we're going to look at a single verse. It's going to be Romans chapter 1, verse 18, and I'm going to go ahead and read that right now. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, whom by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So you may ask yourself, why are we just going to look at a single verse? That verse doesn't seem to be that big a deal, but... As I started looking at the meaning of this verse and all it has to say, it ended up that it was a big deal. The starting point is going to be this. We like to talk of God's love, mercy, long-suffering, forgiveness, and provision, but rarely do we ever speak of God's wrath. Why is that, besides the fact that we're uncomfortable speaking of that or it's not popular or politically correct to talk about the bad things 
that could befall unbelievers? Is it that we prefer a great, big, loving, soft teddy bear God? I think that may be part of it. I think a lot of us would like to say, you know, God is just pure love and he just forgives everything and all that. What we have to remember is that God is a just God. He cannot tolerate injustice of any kind. So we need to keep that in mind also. He is all those other things, but he is also just. A lot of times we'll tell somebody, and I think we use this with unbelievers in particular, that God loves you or Jesus loves you, which is true. That's not misrepresenting the truth whatsoever. But do we tell them of the Jesus that we see in Revelation 19? I don't think we go there. And maybe right at first, we don't need to go there. But if we see resistance, if we truly love these people, isn't it a necessary thing to let them know that there is a God out there that's going to judge everybody who ever lived someday? I think it is. I think that is part of our responsibility. Okay, so I'm going to read Revelation 19, verses 11 through 21, and let's see who Jesus is at his second coming. All right, so this section in Revelation is entitled, The Rider on a White Horse. And this is the justice part of who God is. So we need to keep this in mind. Verse 11 starts, Then I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes are like a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written that no one knows but himself. He is clothed in a robe dipped in blood. And the name by which he is called is the Word of God. And the armies of heaven arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword with which he strikes down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. He will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and with a loud voice he called to all the birds that fly directly overhead, Come, gather, for the great supper of God to eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses and their riders, and the flesh of all men, both free and slave, both great and small. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth with their armies gathered to make war against him who was sitting on the horse and against his army. And the beast was captured, and with it the false prophet, 
who in its presence had done the signs by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur, and the rest were slain by the sword that came from the mouth of him who was sitting on the horse. And all the birds were gorged with their flesh. This is an image of the justice, the wrath, and the judgment of God that will come in the final day. If we love people and we care about their eternal souls, when they begin to resist and turn away from what we know to be the truth of the Word of God, isn't it necessary to let them know what disobedience entails? I think it is necessary. Not at first. You don't want to hit somebody with this. For instance, street preachers that go on with the, you're going to hell because you sinned. I don't think that's the way we need to approach people. We need to approach people in love and let them know that, yes, God indeed does love you. Jesus indeed does love you. But if you reject that love and you reject the word of God, this is your future. It is as sure as death and taxes, so to speak. So in Revelation 19, 11 through 21, which we just got through looking at, this is not the soft teddy bear Jesus that a lot of people want to portray him as. This is the glorious, all-powerful, awesome, just judge of all things that will come in the end and set things right forevermore. Okay, so going back to Romans 1 verse 18, here we're going to see where it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and righteousness of men. Okay, so what is the wrath that we're going to see? There's, there's many types of wrath that God has put down. There's apocalyptic wrath, which is what we just read about. There is judgmental wrath like the flood or the destruction by fire of Sodom and Gomorrah. But here we're going to see a different kind of wrath. This is the wrath of abandonment. Okay, and the John MacArthur Bible Commentary says that this wrath of abandonment is removing restraint and letting people go to their sins. All right, so then we see that this wrath is made known later in the chapter by God giving the unrighteous over to their sin. That's a little bit later. We're going to see where it's plainly stated. In the here and now, it may seem that sin can run rampant. So let's go ahead and read Romans 12, verse 19. So in this passage, what we're going to see is we're going to see that God is going to make all things right and that nothing is going to escape the judgment of God. Verse 19 in chapter 12 says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. 
So Romans 12 verse 19 is quoting Deuteronomy 32 verse 35. And what it's saying is the Lord will repay. This is a statement of fact. The justice and wrath and judgment of God is going to happen. It's not maybe going to happen. It's not, well, worst case scenario. No, it's every case scenario. It's going to happen. The people that are going to fall under this judgment and this wrath are the ungodly and unrighteous men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. In order to understand what this looks like, we have to know what, what is ungodly. What is considered ungodly? What is considered unrighteousness? So let's take a look at that real quick. The ungodly are those who have a lack of reverence for and or devotion to the one and only true God. Okay? Not a God. Not a God that they invented, a God of their understanding. This is the one true God. And how do we know who that is? Well, we know because that God is Yahweh, the God of the Bible. He has revealed himself to us. That way we can know who he is. So unrighteousness is the result of ungodliness. And this is when you're not following God in thought, word, and deed. You've rejected his word. You've decided that you are going to be your own God. And you just go about your own way. Also, these people have suppressed the truth. The last part of the verse says, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. And later in the chapter, we're going to read about what that truth is and how it was revealed. Right now, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back to finish up this study. All right, so that's going to do it for this week. And so next week, we're going to look at what is the truth of God? How do we know that people know who he is? So we're going to take a look at that. And that's going to be in part two of this small little section that we're calling the wrath of God. I would like to invite everybody to go on to your favorite podcast player and give us a thumbs up, give us a uh, honest review or you can contact us at galatians2v5 at gmail.com with questions or comments and uh, we're going to finish up with psalm 119 verses 105 through 112 so the word of god says your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path i have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O God, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually. Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hand continually but I do not forget your law. 
The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. All right. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we will be back next week to continue our study in Romans 1. This is your host, Mark Kublank, and may God richly bless you.